Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. <laughs> Interviewing 101. So the purpose of an interview is to get to the truth of who a person is and how they can bring value to the business. Common or conventional tactics do very little to scratch the surface of the individual and how uh, that person will make hiring decisions is usually based on likability and bias, which is why we make bad hires. So the questions that you ask are the questions that hurt you because they are unimpressive and do very little to showcase your organization as being outstanding. Today's quote, experienced managers interview to qualify, inexperienced managers interview to disqualify. And that was our friend Mark Boyer, who's an author and coach. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to help entrepreneurs and hiring managers avoid costly hiring mistakes. We do so by providing tactical solutions to your most difficult hiring challenge and help you to win the right hire. We share insights from top-performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry experts like our guest today, Mr. Robert Davis. Robert is the CEO of Communities for Cause. Robert is a seasoned CEO, an entrepreneur who enjoys the challenges of being involved and trying to run and scale companies. Building the structure and creating the company culture required to commercialize a company's passion and grow business by turning great ideas into concrete, actionable steps that yield revenue, repeatable customers, and increase cash flow. So Robert's always been a transparent person who doesn't shy away from conflict, and uh, he finds great satisfaction in working with teams to identify what may be missing in addressing those challenges head on to effect positive change and rapid evolution, which makes Robert the perfect guest expert topic <laughs> guest today for the show. Robert, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show again today. Thank you. That was a nice plug. I know. Well, you know what? You were <laughs> you graced me early on in the show, so I had to bring you back because I was a terrible host back then. I'm probably still terrible, but I'm getting a little bit better. You're doing Maybe great. Maybe just a little bit. You're doing great. Sweet. All right. So today we're going to cover two things. We're going to talk about preparing for the interview and then we're going to talk about conducting the interview. So Robert's got some pretty key points on how he does it. And I'm going to share with you how I set things up. And we're going to give you, the entrepreneur, the opportunity to effectively be able to plug our systems into your interview process and be impressive and be able to win hires. Sound good? Sounds great. All right, let's do it. Well, why, why is interviewing <laughs> important? Well, interviewing is important because it's the in other words, it's kind of like the first date of the relationship between the potential employee and the company. So it's uh, those first impressions all around from their perception of you and your perception of them. And there's so many things that go wrong in the hiring process. And right? that can go right that are overlooked. Yes. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of false positives. People hire too much for skills. They don't really know their culture. There's mm -hmm. just There's a lot of thought that doesn't go into it that needs to before you start bringing people into an interview. Right. So this is what we want to uh, this is what we want to help you guys out today. So we're going to talk about preparing for the interview. Now, I'm a big believer in that you should set everything up properly first. Meaning, you know, we're going to bypass job descriptions and you know understanding what your culture is and all these things. But you should be prepared for what an interview needs to be and be able to prepare the people who are coming in so that they understand what they're in for. 
As an interviewer. As an interviewer, yes. 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 Got it. All right. Let's talk about interview preparation. Hmm? So where where are we going to start typically when we're preparing for an interview? Where do you start? Well, as an, an entrepreneur, sure. there's, there's different levels of that. But when, if as an entrepreneur and starting and preparing, um, obviously, you have your list of candidates that you're going to start with, correct? Yes. All right. So if you have your list of candidates, then start to prepare yourself for uh, what you want their takeaway is to be. That's important also. But also prepare your questions that you want to ask and that you need to ask. More important, the questions you need to ask. Yeah, well, that's why I, said, yeah. I, I have said both. Because uh-huh. a lot of times people you want to ask like, okay, so I see on your LinkedIn profile that you like um, basketball and I'm a big basketball fan. And a lot of times interviews get derailed and they start talking about basketball for a half hour. Well, there's some points to that and, and, and personal connections. I get that. There are some good aspects of that, but that can also lead you sideways. What are the good aspects? Because to me, it totally derails you off of whether or not that person is going to be good for the business. My perspective. Now, yeah. me as an interviewer, I like asking questions similar to that because it allows me to touch on them personally and they will they have a an ability to open up more okay. and feel more comfortable, especially if there is a relatability with me as the interviewer. Got it. So you're using it as a kind of icebreaker in the very beginning of the interview. Yeah, as an interviewer, it's my leverage to get to know more. Sure. Okay. So- I, I totally agree with you there. You want to make people feel comfortable because interviewing is a stressful thing, right? For mm-hmm. somebody who's not used to it. Most mm-hmm. of us are not professional interviewers. No. Right? I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I've, I've you know. learned a lot over the years. but As an interviewer, you get somebody comfortable. Now, how do we want to prepare these questions? Well, let's go on that, on that list of questions. Put your list of questions together. Um and all the things that you want to ask. And I emphasize that want part because then you can go back and say, are these questions that I need to ask? And are they relevant to the job and relevant to the company? Or is it just stuff that I want to know? And the stuff that I want to know may not be necessary for the job interview, like basketball. It's going to be um, pointless to bring up topics like that unless you already know some of the answers to the questions that you're asking. That's really important, by the way. So you're putting together a master list and then filtering those down to the most relevant. Yes. Okay. What about specific to the role, the culture of the company? Well, uh, those What's are- What's important? Both are very, very important, but the, the culture of the company is what is the complete support system for that role. So obviously, uh, outlining what the culture of the company is- is extremely important. And from that perspective, with that language that you're speaking, the recipient will actually understand more about the role. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So so I can tell you, hey, this is an office administrator job that has uh, this many words per minute and you need to answer the phone to the nice bubbly voice. However, if I describe the company culture first as this is what we are all about, they can actually see if that's an identifying position that they actually can excel at. And that's really important because you want people who fit in with the culture. You People want to do well, but you want people who do well in your environment. They're going to gravitate more toward the environment than they are to the work. Oh, and, then they'll, and people will, historically, they, they foster, they grow much more in accelerated manner in a culture that they fit in with. True. Mm-hmm. Very true. So uh, when we were talking on the phone, you said something that was really interesting. You said wants don't count in the interview process. Your wants don't count. Why? Your wants don't count because 
then it becomes personal. So, and I've done that. I've I've done so many interviews, especially in my younger years. By the way, thank you for calling me a seasoned CEO. That's just meaning I'm. Hey, that I'm, was I'm, in I'm, your I'm, bio on LinkedIn. <laughs> oh, great! Thanks. Thanks. It makes me sound so elderly. I should change that. Um, but I didn't er- write it early, early, early in my years. I would ask questions uh, that I uh, things that I wanted to know, and therefore, obviously, they're going to answer to make me feel good. So they're going to tell me all the things that I want to hear as the uh, interviewee. Yeah. The downside is I end up really liking them as a person, but I'm really not looking at whether they're really fit for the company and are they really a fit for the position because I like them. And that doesn't mean that it's a good thing. And that's a dangerous sometimes. Oh, it's really dangerous, especially, I mean, me, I'm ADD. Genuinely, I am disorganized. I am not the most calibrated human being on the face of the earth. However, if I find that you have very similar characteristics, I, of course, relate to you very quickly. So therefore, I, you are going to be become my top candidate. The downside is you're not going to help me get out of the position as the entrepreneur and trying to grow to CEO uh, because we're now kind of in the buddy system. And then me also holding you accountable is going to be very difficult for me. Yeah, because then it becomes a, hey, look at it. Well, I'm just working the way you work. You create a lot more problems that way. Yeah, and they underline what you just said right there. So if I am disorganized and I have um, poor discipline habits, my own, and I'm not really good at that, and I hire somebody with similar talents, they're going to create and they're going to uh, they're going to duplicate my actions, and then their uh, subordinates are going to duplicate their actions. So everything that I am disorganized, fast forward, my whole company is going to be disorganized because that's what I'm hiring. Yeah, people I like. Very and true. that gets into the wants. I want to find people that I like. When in fact, the hard thing is, you know, what you really want is a, a person that is going to come into the company, uh, be a great fit and accelerate or excel rather more than you actually thought. That's very powerful. Now let's talk about qualifications. What, what are the main qualifications that, that you should be looking for? In a person? Yes. You mean during the interview? Yeah. Well, t- timeliness, obviously. You know, timeliness, uh, correspondence, communication follow up. I love when they have questions that it's, and it's questions that are go beyond salary and vacation and, and comps and benefits. But when they ask about the company, those are all great things that I look for. I don't ask them to ask questions. I just look for that. And those are qualifications I look for in addition to qualifications for that job position. And then skills and experience? That becomes ambiguous, especially as, as an entrepreneur. Because skills and experience, as long as I can relate to it, it sounds great. Go back to the words for a minute. A candidate for the position and you tell me, oh, yeah, I'm great at the office admin. I type 150 words a minute. Ah, that sounds great. I have no idea what that's like because I'm not an office admin. And I don't know what the the correctness of your 100, 150 words a minute are. So that gets into quality versus quantity. Having a few key basic skills that you need is is important, but it's not as important as the impact that somebody can bring to your company. And uncovering that tends to be a big challenge for a lot oh, of Oh yeah. I think I think as the interviewer, I think it's very, very helpful for you to understand the type of individual that you're interviewing. So I'm a pretty outgoing, gregarious human being. It's just how I'm wired. And it's fun for a lot of people. However, because I'm confident and I'm outgoing that can come across as being very cocky and arrogant. And that's not the way I, I'm trying to project myself, but somebody that is uh, introverted, 
they may see me as being just like that if I'm not recognizing that they're an introvert. And if I recognize on moment one, I need to slow down my dialogue and ask questions more fluidly and not just off the cuff. That makes sense? Yeah, right. it does. It does. Um, I think it's really important that you don't use somebody's resume as a guide through the interview process. For me, your resume is a screening tool to get them in the door, but don't use it as the entire basis behind what you conduct your interview. Well, yeah, but resumes for me are very, very challenging because you can't really see the person. I've seen quite a few instances where a hiring manager will bring a person in, they'll have their resume right there, and they'll say, walk me through your resume. And then they'll spend time breaking down the resume. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's a complete big waste of time because that's something can be done in a phone conversation. Oh, yeah. But it's not getting you to anything that's relevant to what your company needs. Yeah, but you just you brought up a very, very good point. So when somebody says, walk me through your resume, uh, as the interviewer, the interviewee is going to walk them through what they want you to hear and what you have already read. Not about just a waste of time, but you're not getting any depth of what really occurred in those previous positions. Nope. And so if you ask questions, and the questions I don't like is like, so why did you leave, you know, ABC Foods? Why did you do that? Those why questions get challenging versus if you ask them, what did you like about that job? That is a lot easier for them to answer versus what you did not like. Because did not like right. sounds like a, it feels like a tested question for the interview. So you're keeping it on a positive note. Totally. Okay. You're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Find out how healing a person's pain points attracts amazing people to your company. Sign up for our passive talent workshops and webinars at stridesearch.com. We're talking to Robert Davis. He's the CEO of Communities for Cause. And we're talking about interviewing 101. We just talked about preparing for the interview. And now we're going we're gonna to actually talk about conducting the interview. Going back down to preparation, I just want to add real quickly. I think it's very important that you be organized that you put into practice a formal structure early on in your interviewing life cycle as an entrepreneur, as a business leader, because we're in a tight talent market and candidates are going to judge you. So if you create a very formalized structure that is timed and provides feedback and it's regimented, you're going to already look way more impressive than 99% of the companies that are out there. Mm -hmm. And you're going to therefore increase the likelihood that that person is going to accept your offer. Mm -hmm. Yes. So let's talk about conducting the interview. What's important when you start conducting the interview? You mean as far as dialogue? Yeah. What, what should we be saying and what should we not be saying? Well, the, the first thing to answer the first question is... Um, I just asked you like three, huh? I know. And they're all in, in weird orders, totally. <laughs> the, <laughs> that's my ADD. Uh, that, that's okay. That's okay. It rubs <laughs> off. What did you say? No, 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 I'm joking. <laughs> so the, in developing it if, as best possible, a rapport with that person so that they feel comfortable in talking with you and to you. That's really important. That would be the very first thing. Then you can get in how you're asking the questions, what questions you're asking, and there's a difference, by the way, in the rapport building, too. You don't want to treat it too casually. No, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, always be friendly, but not too friendly. Like I, I think you and I talked about having you know, interviews off-site and doing things at Starbucks or doing things at restaurants. And if you're doing as an entrepreneur and you don't have office space, I get it. But if you can, do a list of those, those interviews at that point in time. Well, at the very least, if you're meeting somebody at Starbucks, have a format that you go through. Oh, absolutely. And you're don't and just you're, don't just have a conversation over coffee, right? Well, that gets into 
what you said about previously about your professionalism and the attire that you're wearing. That also speaks volumes. So if you're wearing as an entrepreneur for a very small startup company and you're wearing a suit and tie, that's pretty structured. However, if you're wearing dress casual, I would never tell anybody to deviate from dress casual, but I would tell everybody never to wear jeans, shorts, flip-flops, t-shirts, because at, at that point, I know that as an entrepreneur and your the culture of your company is, hey, look, you know, we are, let's say we're a surf brand of apparel and we're all about surf, skate, snow. I get it. But your company won't always be like that. Quicksilver was once like that, but it isn't like that today. True. And so it will grow to become. But and how would you advise entrepreneurs who are tech founders? Because most of them are engineers. Uh -huh. And to get them to wear anything other than like jeans and a hoodie, not going to happen, right? So it's As just tech kinda, engineers. Yeah. I would, you know, if you if you have technical founders, a lot of them kind of are building the company. They're in the role of CEO. And a lot of times when they're recruiting and hiring people, that's the way they show up. I can appreciate that. I, my only uh, advice would be to, for them is to go back in time and try and remember who interviewed you for your last job and wear those clothes. Well, I think what's important is you want people to take you seriously, right? Oh, they won't take you seriously in a hoodie. You're cool. You're a cool guy. But that means you're really flexible with no accountability. Does it? Totally. Okay. So I would look at it. Yeah, but we're old. We're seasoned. You are. You're, you're, you're old. I, I'm chronologically old, but mentally I am not. Mentally I'm, I'm 18. I'm still 23. Yeah, exactly. All right. See, I told you you're old. <laughs> All right. So then let's talk about what's going on in the interview process today. So what people are asking that's killing them. Right? Well, it goes right back to that list of wants and needs questions of, all the questions that you need to be asking to fulfill the position for both you and the company. The things that, especially if you're a really easygoing human being and you're a hoodie-wearing guy typically or a girl, that it's always easy to speak really openly and really friendly. The downside of that is that you may not be taken seriously and then you also may unknowingly be setting, your up, setting, setting yourself up for some discrimination if you don't hire that individual. So the way that you ask questions and the way that you're doing like, like buy, buy selling this, that, and the other, and you're asking therefore about their relationship status, that is where it gets sideways. See, this is what I, I love behavioral interviews. I learned this from Amazon quite a few years ago. And I actually interviewed at Amazon about four or so years ago. And um, it was an eye-opener for me because of the fact that the interview was three to four questions. And basically, they just dug deep on them. And they were judging me against their core company values. Mm -hmm. And I, I do this with a lot of my clients where I'll build out these interview questions. Because you have 45 minutes with each person. You have some time to kind of get to know them, mm -hmm. open them up. And then you start delving into these really deep things on who that person is, which gives you a lot of insight as to how they problem solve, how they deal with others, how they resolve conflict, how they how they think. And... It gives you a lot more information that you can add to your gut to make an accurate decision on whether or not that person is going to be a good fit for your company. Mm -hmm. Like a sample behavioral question. So I learned this from uh, one of our guests who was the CEO, Craig Cook. The company culture is like they want everybody to be positive. You have your days when you're not, but they want ultimately like positive people. Mm -hmm. So one of the questions he asks is, do you consider yourself to be lucky? Which is a very open-ended, easy question. But it's very telling as to somebody's outlook on life. So if somebody says, no, you know what? Every time I go gambling in Vegas, I lose. That's a negative perspective. That from your perspective, when you say that, my, my view of what your answer you just gave is different. I'm interpreting mm -hmm. the question as, do I win money? 
Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily a positive thing. Some people say, well, like, yes, I'm positive and, you know, I'm, I'm, I consider myself to be lucky. I have a great family, I have this, I have that. And they kind of go into different modes. How they answer the question, though, does give you a really good snapshot mm-hmm. as to how they view life. Totally. Well, I get it. It, Which it, you guys can steal that question if you like. <laughs> but I always like people to explain it. Why do you feel that way? And then I ask a lot of why. So my mm-hmm. whys are always follow-up questions because mm-hmm. you can reveal a lot with that why. That's if they want to reveal that to you. Well, if they don't, then you can cut the interview short and move on. Could it be a reason why that they're not answering the questions because the way the question was asked? That goes right back to understand the human being you're dealing with. Sure. That's where, that's where it, gets, it can be, become very challenging. Again, I guess it's another personal life. You well, no, no. You want to get out of the personal life. You want to relate it to... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But that's, again, I can't speak for you or anybody else. When people share about their personal life, that is a really that's a real show of who they really are. And that's yeah. the that's the fun part. But you technically as an interviewer can ask questions like that. You can't say, Hey, so do you live here in Orange County? No, you, you can't. don't you can't ask things don't like that. Ask are you married or are you personal? Well, there's workarounds to that. If people share personal information with you, that's okay. Oh, but cre- you can't ask directly, hey, how many kids do you have? No, but or, I, I my workarounds are, are questions like, So, what would you like to tell me about yourself? And that is a wide open question. And they can say, well, I'm really hard working. Is there anything else in your life that you'd like to tell me? And that is another way of saying, hey, look, I really want to know about you personally, but I can't ask them uh, the real pointed questions unless they want to share it. All right. I'm getting the wrap up from Paul. We're running late on time here. Um, <laughs> so quick takeaway. What, what would you like the audience to walk away with today? Just be clear and concise with yourself and the information you want to extract from the people you're interviewing very on the front end and don't make it very, very personal from your perspective. All right. Well, we're just about out of time for today's show. Robert, thanks so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you once again to the Higher Power Radio community. (laughs) Now, what's the best way in which our members of the community can reach you? Oh, anytime. You can email me anytime at robert at mycfc.com. That's mycfc.com. And Communities for Cause, do you want to give it a quick plug? Sure. Uh, Communities for Cause is a free mobile app that allows the users of the app to do their normal business every day with local merchants and support nonprofits that they choose, like schools and nonprofits. That, which is awesome. Excuse me. I got a frog in my throat. All right. I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producers, Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. We're listening, and we welcome your feedback. A quick shout-out to Vidori, our new sponsor. We are stoked to have you guys on board, and thank you so much. And if you're online, you can join the Higher Power Radio community at Hire, that's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com, or drop me a line at rickandstridesearch.com. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Leilani Kure. She is the CEO of Be The Change HR. I'm your host, Rick Gerard. And you have been listening to Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio.